welcome to the I Love You Too Much to Argue podcast with your friends, Holly and Beck. Thanks for listening as we discover ways to invest in all our relationships using tools such as the Enneagram, love languages and parenting with love and logic. Here we go. Hi, lovers. I'm your host, Holly. And I'm Beck. And today we are going to talk about something that we recently learned and we've done minimal research, but we have researched this. <laughs> so as a lot of people out there will know, there are so many different personality testing tools you can do, obviously. So many. Yeah. Like we talk about the Enneagram. There's Myers-Briggs, which I also love. I'm an ENFJ for anyone that knows that system and is listening. ESTJ. <laughs> nice. Um There are lots of personality testing things that you can do. And something that we recently learned is that most personality testing things are quite accurate. Yes. But when it comes to the Enneagram, when you're doing an online test or a quiz, they can be very inaccurate. Yes. So if you've been listening for a while or you don't quite know your Enneagram type or you don't feel like you identify with it, it could be because you're going from a personality, the quiz online, and they can often come back incorrect. Why? What, what's the reason that these tests are often inaccurate compared to, say, a Myers-Briggs that's more often than not quite accurate? Well, look, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know why it is. I think what it comes down to is until you delve a little bit more deeply into the Enneagram and understand this tool as a whole system and understand lots about each of the types, just answering a few little questions doesn't actually answer to what your core motivations are, which is what the Enneagram is about, is is what your core motivations are. I think a lot of what I've seen when it comes to tests being inaccurate is because the Enneagram is about your core motivations, like Mm. what actually drives you to make decisions to have certain behaviour, whereas something like Myers-Briggs is based on your behaviour, not your motivation. So they can ask targeted questions about your Mm. behaviour, which is easy to answer. Yes. Whereas with the Enneagram test, the questions often are about your behaviour and then Mm. it's a little bit more stereotypical about your behaviour and the type rather than you actually analysing what motivates you to Mm. make a decision or to behave in a certain way. That's right. Yeah. And then you get into a space which is like mistyping. Yes. And I think we've talked about it before and it's something that a lot of people in the Enneagram world talk about is the Enneagram doesn't put you in a box but it shows you which box you're in in order to help you get out of it. Yes. (laughs) Such a good saying. But if you're in the wrong box because you've mistyped yourself by doing an online quiz, then it's really hard to grow because you'll be searching for the wrong things. So uh, the other thing that we recently learnt is so, you know, all these personality things have become a lot more popular in recent years and they kind of ebb and flow between which one's the flavour of the times. But I was doing some research this week on personality testing tools and One of the things that I was reading about was back in the day. Now, when I say back in the day, (laughs) I'm not talking about, you know, early 2000s or (laughs) the 80s. I'm talking like 
back in the day when people kind of lived more on the land, when transportation was more difficult and expensive and harder and people kind of spent generations upon generations upon generations in the same area, in the same space. Yes. You had so much of a richer history with the people around you in your community because everyone was in the same spot and everyone's families had grown up in the same spot. And so you knew your neighbours and you knew their history of their family, you knew their lineage and their ancestry and you knew and had witnessed all of the relationships in their life. And and the stories that they had in their lives that would impact the way that they would do things. That's right. And so there was like... Um, you had this really great and deep understanding of who a person is and where they came from and what their roots are and what their history is. And so you had actually just naturally a greater understanding of a person. Mm. And when transportation started to become more affordable and people started to move a lot, you actually needed a tool or tools to help understand someone quicker which is why you see in more in more recent years in the last century I guess more and more of these personality tools coming into fashion because we actually need to find a way when someone new moves into our community into our workplace into our family wherever it is you need a way of quickly understanding them and more easily being able to work with them yes to avoid conflict it's so true like I you know, we've talked before about how I lost my job during COVID. Mm. And so I had a bunch of um, jobs that I applied for and some interviews that I did. And the majority of them did some form Mm. of personality testing as part of the interview process. That's right. And it's that that same thing. They're trying to understand me and Mm. how I'm going to fit into the Mm. team. And I remember one of the places that I've worked, we did it. And I remember saying to the people, like, don't wait, you can't pass or fail this. It's not like mm. you, have a, you have the wrong personality yes. type. It's more around understanding you so that we can help bring out your strengths. And Absolutely. we can help understand, oh, this person and that person in a team, they might have some challenges, so we'll have to give them resources mm-hmm. to help, mm-hmm. you know, whatever it is. So you're right. It, it makes so much sense that in the olden days, <laughs> people would have known each other mm. so much more. Yeah, in deeper. a different way, yeah. 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 So today what we thought we'd do in talking about the Enneagram is talk about like some of the unhealthy tendencies with all of the types. Yes. And then talk about some self-care things that you can do for those unhealthy tendencies in that typing. And I know, Beck, that you and I have talked about this before, But if you do genuinely know your type and you sit in it and you come across something in the Enneagram tool and you about your type that you don't identify with, doesn't mean you're not that type. It's very true. It is annoying. (laughs) I find it very annoying for my own type when I come across things as a two that I don't identify with. Yeah, it's like, no, you don't know me at all. (laughs) person on Instagram that's never met me before. (laughs) But when most of the things fit, then that's how you know. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I think also there's the cringe factor. We've talked about that before. Like if you hear something and you're like, oh, I don't want that to be me. If it's like really cringy often, that's like a light bulb to say, this is is you. (laughs) So we're going to go backwards today Mm -hmm. and we'll start with the nine. So some unhealthy 
unhealthy tendencies and stuff of a nine. A type nine, I know I'm unhealthy when I zone out and don't want to deal with anything. So that's like the, in the withdrawing stance, you know. Yes. A type nine could withdraw into themselves and not want to deal with their task list or whatever's going on, whatever's the stress point. Yes. That's that's causing you to be unhealthy or in an unhealthy space. Another um, sign of an unhealthy nine is that they're frightened to make decisions. They mm. get stuck when a decision needs to be made and don't know what to do. They're, they're afraid of actually making a decision. Yes. And we talked a while back in another episode about spoon theory. So if you don't know what that means, go and listen to the episode that that's in. You might have to find it. <laughs> um, but you know that you're unhealthy as a nine when you don't want to be around anyone, even your friends, because you don't have the energy to do so. And yeah. that could be because you've got very low energy and you might need some self-care, which we'll come back to. We will. You find yourself isolating yourself mm. and not, not wanting to be around anybody. As well as that, like, if you're in conversations, you will kind of be a bit more reserved and you won't speak up w- when you're feeling the need to speak up, which can be the sign of a nine anyway, but you'll be more unable to speak up when it's when it's necessary. Yes. And getting angry at small things mm. and not being able to let them go, like yeah, holding on to right, that right, right. frustration or anger. Which takes us to the type 8. I know I'm unhealthy as a type 8. Well, I'm not an 8, but I'm just using the <laughs> type 8s know that they're unhealthy when they're frequently bulldozing or talking over others. Uh, when they isolate themselves, which is interesting because it's mm-hmm. similar to a nine, but it's more about avoiding being controlled. Yes, yes, that's right. And I think so the eights is in the aggressive stance as well. And so isolating yourself to avoid being controlled is that that in itself is a controlled environment, right? Yes, and would be an unusual behaviour for an eight mm. because normally isolating is not something mm-hmm. they would do. So questioning loyalty of others and like assuming that they don't care. Yes. A big thing for eights is is being betrayed. And so if you're questioning the loyalty without having grounds to, yes. especially, that can be a sign that there's some unhealthy tendencies going on. They can take on all the responsibility themselves. Mm. So thinking that they have to do everything and not kind of letting others in to share responsibility. Yeah, and becoming like ruled by their anger and feeling it, not only feeling it as an emotion, but feeling it in your body. Yes. And, uh, you know, needing to get that out somehow, but it's feeling it inside your body, not just as an emotion. When you point out the faults in others as a way of kind of hiding or covering over your own faults. Mm, Yeah, that could be hard for eights. And then we're going to a seven, which is also in the aggressive stance. If you have, if you don't know what I'm talking about when I say aggressive stance, go and listen to our episode on the stances, or just Google it as well. <laughs> Google's a helpful tool. Yes, but a type seven's also in the aggressive st- stance, and unhealthy tendencies, or knowing you're unhealthy when for a type seven, is that you're choosing spontaneous plans rather than the priorities that you have. Yeah. It's a bit of an avoidant yep. uh, tactic, isn't it? Yeah, so same, similar thing, avoiding thinking about things and chasing other 
things to think about. Like it's same avoiding, so avoiding activities, but also Mm -hmm. thinking about things that um, might be a requirement of you. Yes. And and as well as that, and, and this is, again, it's another avoidant tactic, but spending money on things that you don't want or need. Yes. Because it's a way of filling that time and space and void and avoiding what's going on. Yeah. Engaging in extreme behaviour. So mm. lots of eating or lots of sleeping or mm-hmm. overworking, mm-hmm. Um, just too much or too little Yeah, right. whatever behaviour it is. And I think as well getting ang- like getting easily frustrated and impatient, not in the same way that we were talking about for the nine, but very quick to get easily frustrated, impatient at other things and other people around you. And refusing to acknowledge your problems to anyone else. Mm. Which is kind of a type seven motivation. One of their core motivations is avoiding pain anyway. Yes. So that that definitely makes sense, doesn't it? It does. Now we're going to do type six, which is you, Rebecca. Yeah, I feel like (laughs) there'll be a lot of cringy moments in here. (laughs) So... A type six knows they're unhealthy when they're questioning everything and everyone around them, even the people really close to them. Do you do that? Yes. And I uh, I would say I've been doing that a bit in the last week or so and mm-hmm. I caught myself recently going, oh, I'm obviously feeling a little bit stressed or mm-hmm. like not doing so great in myself that I'm questioning the slightest thing that normally mm. I would know that that person had no intent or no whatever. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's it's, hard. Um, feeling frozen in indecision. This is another one. I. That's when you from. just call me and I say, oh, just do that. Yes. Because <laughs> I love to boss people around. <laughs> it's just, oh, you're so helpful for me in that area. <laughs> so true. What about if you um, know you're unhealthy, if you're neglecting your own needs to be loyal to others? Yeah, I can do that. Yeah. Yeah, it's a lot easier to pretend like um, I don't need something and go and help someone else. I I think that could be a reason that sometimes sixes get mistyped as twos. I think that's quite a a common mistype Mm -hmm. is that we'll avoid looking after ourselves and help Mm -hmm. others. Um, Because of that, it's because of the core belief of loyalty is like high, sorry, value. It's really high value. So true. And do you think the world is out to get you? I don't, I don't think that very much, actually. Mm-hmm. That doesn't affect me, but I, mm. I can see how sixes could do that. Yeah. Um, not challenging fears or anxieties and being ruled by them. So mm. um, I was able to recognise, you know, that um, like I was just saying before, recognising earlier in the week about how I was questioning everything, mm. it's, when you're really unhealthy you're not even recognizing that to stop and go hang on a minute check myself and yes yeah yeah. and then do you also one of the other unhealthy tendencies of a type six is obsessing about interactions with others and analyzing every word like in relationships with people that's yes do you do that yeah (laughs) (laughs) more often about myself like sure I will say so you know I might send a text message and then I'll be like what if they've thought I actually meant something else when I meant this yes. and yeah I, sometimes I might follow it up with a second message to say just in I, case I just actually meant yes. this thing uh, so type fives know that they're unhealthy when they can't get out of their head and they feel like their mind is racing and then they're unhealthy when they dread social contact 
even with people that they would normally enjoy. Yeah, right. Yeah. That's a, that's key too, isn't it? Because type fives have got um, like a limited, like in the withdrawing stance again, limited amount of energy. But if it's even when it's people you normally would enjoy spending time around, that's a indicator. Yes. So also unhealthy when I check out on others, even when they're right in front of me. So that's, again, going into that thinking part of you. Yeah. Thinking about other things when someone's talking to you, just checking out. Mm. Uh, detaching from their feelings and physical environment. Mm. So it's that it's that withdrawing, isn't it? They're part yeah. of the withdrawing stance. It's quite normal for that's a right. five to withdraw. That's how they protect themselves. That's yes. how we all protect ourselves in our different stances by doing those different things. Totally. But when it becomes excessive mm. or um, that's all you're doing. You know? Yes. Yeah. And then further to that, isolation is uh, that withdrawing is isolating yourself and forgetting that actually people that care about you. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Don't do that, fives. We love you. Yeah. <laughs> and then becoming critical and cynical of themselves mm. and using that as a shield to sort of keep others out. Oh, yeah. Ouch. Oh, Poor fives. little fives. Yeah. <laughs> so fours know that they're unhealthy when they are completely overwhelmed by their emotions. Fours have like a bit of a reputation for being overly emotional. It's not always the case. So if you're a four and you don't identify with that, that's okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Every type can be overly emotional. Yes. <laughs> Escaping to a dream world and isolating themselves from others. Mm, yes. And I think in that a lot of a lot of fours can tend to like when they're unhealthy that they assume that no one else has ever been in this situation no one else has ever had this feeling that i'm feeling no one else could possibly relate to my situation yes that's a common thing for mm. fours i think yep taking everything personally mm. that can be something that uh, fours will do when they're not um yep. when they're a bit unhealthy and then withdrawing again in the withdrawing stance because they believe no one loves them or wants them. But we do. <laughs> yes, we really do. And shutting down so that they don't even know what they're feeling. Yes. Yeah, yeah that, that must be hard. Yeah. Okay, so type threes know that they're unhealthy when they procrastinate and become listless or unmotivated, which yeah. for a three is very unusual because threes obviously fast paced trying to tick things off their task list yes. and so if they're procrastinating that is a sign that there's a lot of stress and unhealthy things going on there and you can know you're unhealthy as a three if you have so it's a little bit opposite to that last one you just said mm. holly but having tunnel vision and kind of shirking all their responsibilities outside work mm. so just like really hyper focused on work and ignoring everything else yeah like trying to do everything themselves and yes. like getting overly exhausted it's like that classic three thing of um workaholic yeah that's what, you know that's where that comes in and it's lack of balance and what happens when you have lack of balance you become unhealthy <laughs> totally totally um rushing through a project because you just don't care anymore. Mm. Like that's really unlike a three, isn't it? They want to do the best that they can do. Oh, because they're rushing through it to get it done, like yeah, just to tick just off. just to tick it off the mm. list. Yeah. And then shutting down and isolating themselves. Yeah. So when a, we haven't talked about this heaps, but I know we have a little bit, but a three in stress kind of points towards a nine. 
And so it's a very nine thing is to shut down and withdraw themselves away. And so a three moves towards that withdrawing kind of behaviour. Yes. And another unhealthy trait is that they're critical of others' success. Mm. Okay, so a two. (laughs) 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 So twos know they're unhealthy when they apologise for everything, even when there is no need to apologise. Do you do that? Oh, guilty. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, because you, as a two, you don't want someone to not like you. Yeah. So you've got to make sure that you apologise, even if, like I do this sometimes, I'll ask someone for something, you know, whether it be at work or whatever, I'll say, oh, I just need this or can you do this for me and blah, blah, blah. Oh, sorry, I don't mean to put more on your plate. Or sorry, I, I, like that kind of thing. <laughs> when actually it's just your job to get them to do that, right? <laughs> Twos know they're unhealthy when they're busy taking when they're too busy taking care of others to take care of themselves. That's classic two behaviour really because of their high value on caring for others and attending to the needs of other people. And I know that we've talked about this before. For a two, what you're actually trying to do often is meet the needs of people around you before they ask for them to be met. Yes. And so if you're rushing around doing that all the time, well, of course, you're going to be very busy. and no time (laughs) Um, Feeling constant shame and guilt. Yeah, gosh, that's a a hard one. Is it? Yeah. Do you find that difficult sometimes? Yeah. 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 Like when you're when you're in stress or something there's there's always shame or guilt about different things it could be anything yes it's not necessarily about how you're feeling in the moment or what you're doing in the moment it could be quite unrelated that's right which is really what unhealthy is isn't it if there's something Mm -hmm. that you need to deal with Mm. uh in a healthy way then awesome yes i mean it's the same just going back to a six you know those um believing about uh, what others are thinking about me mm. and getting yes. anxious about that. It's it's when we're unhealthy, it kind of, it's not logical. No, that's It doesn't right. make sense. No. Yeah. Yeah. So when a two is unhealthy, they take on some of the unhealthy traits of an eight. Yes. In stress or unhealthy tendencies. And so some of those things, unhealthy traits of an eight are demanding, irritable, impatient around towards those around them. Yes. And so when a two is under pressure or having unhealthy traits it's fr- it's drawing from the eight and so and it's it's because of self-protection because at some point if you're a two and you've given and given and given of yourself and you've not taken care of yourself it's got a break at some point yes and that's when the unhealthy tendencies of the eight come in and you're like demanding hang on a minute <laughs> what I've about been- me <laughs> yeah what about me this is not fair <laughs> so true Uh, another unhealthy tendency is to criticize yourself for not doing enough for others i've heard i've heard you do that oh i did it today (laughs) well i haven't told you this so beck bought me a present for a specific event that's recently happened in my life and the same event happened for her before me and i didn't buy her a gift (laughs) so i'm criticizing myself (laughs) As soon as you gave it to me, I was like, oh, no. (laughs) 
oh you're so funny. and then it's like shame i'm so oh. i'm such a bad friend like you know all the... listen your love language is gifts and i love showing you love so absolutely no expectations <laughs> uh, and then the other one is beginning to plan how i'll make like how twos will make others appreciate me even if they don't express express it how i expected Mm. that's a big thing for a two yeah and then the old ones not that they're all old (laughs) so (laughs) ones know that they're unhealthy when they're prioritizing perfecting the environment around them at the expense of everything else in their life so twos really love perfection and or ones sorry ones (laughs) ones really love perfection and it's one of the things that they're really great at but you know that you're in an unhealthy space when other things are suffering in order to maintain that perfection. Yes. I can tell when my husband's stressed. My mm. husband's a one. I can tell when he's really stressed, when he needs the house to be clean. Like he loves it clean. He really mm-hmm. does. But he has a level of uh, flexibility when it comes to having it clean when he's in a good space. Yes. But if he's stressed, there's no, like, it has to be done. It has to be done, and even if it's the, at the expense of me damaging relationships because it has to be done right yeah. now or in even, my way. Or um, if he has to do it himself mm-hmm. when normally it would be one of our kids' jobs to do mm-hmm. rather than, like, waiting for them to do it or imposing a consequence because they haven't done it. He just gets in and does it. Like, yeah, right. it's, you know, it, he has to have that perfection and the order mm-hmm. when he's under stress. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So I think as well with that, twos are very good at seeing things in black and white. Yes. But not being able to see any grey whatsoever helps you to know that you're in a bit of an unhealthy space. Very much so. And becoming critical of those around them. So Mm. we know ones are often very critical of themselves. Definitely. When they're unhealthy, that becomes external and they'll become critical of those around them. And then making the right choice is very important for a one. But when you're in an unhealthy space, you're so concerned about making sure that you make the right choice that it can be actually difficult to make a decision at all. Yes. So that must be really hard. It must be, especially when normally they can actually make decisions really well. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. They begin to nitpick Mm. everything around them. They're and it's about them, note, like it's more about themselves. That's right. But it, it happens, they express it in a way that they're picking on those around them mm-hmm. or their environment. Yeah, and then believing that everything that they do is wrong and there's no middle ground. That's yeah, a bit like the grey you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. 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 So this episode is about the unhealthy tendencies, but there are things we can do about that. So... Let's talk about the self-care support tactics that you can use for those unhealthy tendencies and how to look after yourself to get yourself out of that space. Let's go back to the nines. Okay, so the self-care support tactics are the things that you can do when when you're feeling unhealthy or you're recognising you're in that unhealthy space in all of those ways that we described before for a nine is get clear on which activities actually fuel you refuel you sorry instead of just the ones that allow you to like disappear and like zone out or withdraw that's so great and if you don't know what that is yet experiment Mm. try new things and after you've done something 
like a, a new activity, mm. ask yourself, do I feel better or did I just zone out for an hour? Yeah. Yeah. You don't want to withdraw again, just keeping yourself busy. Like you said, yeah. see if it's actually re-energised you or refueled you. Such a great idea. Yeah. So for an eight, the support care, mm. self-care support tactic <laughs> is reaching out to a grounded friend when you feel anger rising up in you. Mm. Get them to, like, talk to you rationally. So this is someone that you've, you know, listens, understands you, mm-hmm. but can can talk you down. (laughs) Or there's another option. Mm -hmm. Ask yourself what a question Mm -hmm. about what's actually going on inside. Who or what am I trying to protect right now? Because eights are protectors, right? So if you've got anger rising in you, there's going to be a reason for it and it's because you're trying to protect yourself, someone or something. So have that question is, what am I protecting? Who am I protecting? Yeah, and getting in touch with that inside yourself will mm. help you to communicate that to others around you. So rather than it being expressed in anger, you can actually say, I'm actually concerned about X, Y, and Z, and I mm-hmm. want to, like, what can we do to make sure this doesn't happen? Absolutely. Absolutely. So great. Self-care support tactic for a seven is get serious about your morning coffee routine. So just just take 10 minutes and plan your day and it can make such a big difference because you can fit in still all the fun things that you want, but you can schedule them in and you can schedule in your priorities as well that you need to actually tick off and get done. Such a great idea. So you're not then avoiding all of those um, things that have been difficult and just doing the fun things. Yes. You're actually taking time and space for yourself to ground yourself and make a bit of a plan in order that you can still do all those fun things, etc. that's really important and, and sevens value a lot, but you can also get some of those things done and, and prioritise the things that you need to do. Such a great idea. For sixes, I need to take this advice. <laughs> do you want me to hold you to it? <laughs> <laughs> Commit to a regular meditation or slow flow yoga class. Ooh. The... I think for me it's a little bit different. What what really helps me is actually journaling, like writing oh. down the thoughts in my head. That's that's surely that's slow flow yoga. Yeah. Is writing. <laughs> totally. <laughs> it it I actually find it really helps me when I'm feeling indecisive about something. Mm-hmm. Because if I get it all out on paper, it helps me to look at it logically and go, Oh, well, that's a ridiculous thing I'm thinking. Or mm. oh, really, I don't have four options when it comes to this. There's two, and mm-hmm. I can weigh the the pros and the cons. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. So for a five, your self-care support tactic is to engage in a hobby that that engages you physically and to give your mind a break because fives are very much in the thinking. Um, so what is there something that that's physical that brings you joy. So whether it be exercise or gardening or baking or building something or playing with the kids or something physical to reconnect with your body. So it's then it's that grounding. I I heard someone say once, um, take your shoes off and go stand on the grass and look at the sky. And that's a really like, it's a grounding technique for any type, not just fives, but that might be helpful for some fives. It's a really good grounding thing to kind of come back into your body, which sounds a bit loopy-la-la, but 
it's, it's actually really good for your mental health. Yeah, so everyone, all great. types, go and try that. Yeah, <laughs> try that tomorrow. Okay, great. <laughs> for fours, a self-care support tactic is acknowledging how you're feeling mm. in conjunction with something else that's true. So mm. let me give you an example. Mm-hmm. I'm so lonely and if I reach out to Holly, <laughs> insert your friend there, I know they'll be there for me. Mm. Or I feel really sad today and I'm thankful for whatever you want to put there. Right. I love that because yeah. the word and what it does is it tells you that your feelings are valid and there's beautiful things in the world. Yes. So it's okay to feel it and so-and-so will be there to put, to support me or and it's a beautiful world out there or insert your own um, thing that is true, your own optimism. (laughs) That's great. So for type three, self-care support tactic is going to a place that you love and where you have no responsibilities. And I so see this in my husband who's a three. He's good. He's quite good normally at his self-care when he's feeling stressed or whatever, but he loves the outdoors and camping and those kinds of adventures. And so he will definitely take himself to a place that he loves where he has no responsibilities, where the responsibilities of normal life are quite different. Totally. And he's not having to prove himself to anyone. That's right. And disconnecting from the fast-paced responsibilities that can take you into that workaholic space. Totally. For twos, <laughs> pause and ask yourself, if someone else was feeling how I'm feeling, what would they need? <sighs> That's so good because it's really hard for you to ask yourself what you need or for you to speak up about what you would need. But if you were to put yourself in someone else's <laughs> shoes and say, if Beck was feeling this, what would she need? What would I do to help her? See, this is where it gets so tricky, right? <laughs> For all the types, but yes. I'm, a, I'm a two, so I can speak about it more. <laughs> I'm feeling repressed as a two. Yes. So when you say, if my friend was feeling this, I know what my friends are feeling all the time. <laughs> it's me I've got the problem with. <laughs> <laughs> I know that we were out recently with some friends and a friend asked you a question about what you were feeling about something. Yes. And I said, I know what she's feeling about it. <laughs> And I don't know if it was you or the other friend that said, tell me what Beck's feeling about it, but I refused to. You did. You said, no, let her say. And when I did, you're like, yeah, I was totally going to say that. And I was. (laughs) Uh, It's good though because, like, you know, writing myself a note to say how much I care about myself or I should care about myself or giving yourself a hug or giving yourself just actually graciousness being gracious towards yes. yourself. Like compassion, being compassionate. compassionate towards yourself. And twos often struggle to say no, especially when someone who has a need asks because the normal space for a two is to anticipate the need and meet it before it's asked. So if someone asks you, it's like you've missed a step almost. And so it's like, well, oh, I better say yes to that because I haven't been able to meet it before they've asked me. <laughs> but saying, giving yourself the space and grace to say no is also a self-care tactic yes, for definitely, two. definitely. Ones, last but definitely not least. Definitely not. Realising your inner critic offers an opinion but it's not necessarily fact. 
Oh, that's so good. It, it really is. So ones have this big inner critic, but that critic is not always correct, mm. which is very difficult. So speak, you know, to yourself or, you know, meditate or whatever or prayer for some people to ground yourself again in that in that resonance that your inner critic is not always right. Yeah. And, and imperfection is okay. Yeah. <laughs> and that you're proud of yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And that you can be proud of yourself even if you're in a space or time where you're making mistakes or you've had a stuff up. It doesn't have to be something that you carry with you into every other facet of your life just because that that's happened. You're actually worthy of being loved for who you are outside of what you do or the mistakes you do or don't make. So those are the unhealthy tendencies of all the types and self-care tactics of how to take care of yourself when you're feeling in that unhealthy space. So let us know how you go with that and take your type and practice those self-care tactics. And if you like the self-care tactics of another type, do those ones as well. <laughs> and if you have other ideas, let us know about them. Yes, please do. Them. Thanks for listening. Bye, lovers. Bye. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Head to your favourite podcast platform to rate, review and subscribe. Connect with us on Instagram at I Love You Too Much to Argue podcast. Find us on Facebook or email us at I Love You Too Much to Argue at gmail.com. Thanks, lovers.